Podcast SEO for iTunes, Google Play Music, and other apps. Welcome to The Audacity to Podcast, episode 291. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning in-depth podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. There are a lot of myths and misconceptions about search engine optimization or SEO, especially as it relates to podcasting. I have a lot of this information and much, 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 much more inside of my SEO for Podcasters course, and I want you to have the core understanding for what search engine optimization stuff does actually matter and doesn't actually matter for podcasting. Now, if you're interested in the SEO for Podcasters course, if you use the promo code before the end of 2016, podcast SEO over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast SEO, the show notes for this episode. Use that promo code and you'll save $100 off the complete SEO for Podcasters course, or it's now included for free for all members of Podcasters Society. Registration is open over at podcasterssociety.com, and there's a whole lot more that you get inside of there beyond SEO for Podcasters. Before I get into sharing what each of the podcast apps do and don't search, I do want to dispel some myths, some rumors, some bad advice, some misconceptions, because I do hear this stuff from many podcasters and even some podcasting experts. Now, that's not to say if they give some of this bad information or propagate some of these myths that they're not podcasting experts. They can still be experts there are certain areas they may get wrong. Just like there are certain areas I may get wrong, and I hope you hold me accountable and contact me when you discover something that I say incorrectly or something that's not true or when something changes or something that I'm not understanding properly. And there are people who hold me accountable to that, and I really appreciate that. So I do have some misconceptions, some myths, and some bad advice. And please understand, in my confronting some of these things. I'm not attacking any particular podcasters or podcasting experts or bloggers or authors or anyone like that who may have propagated some of this information. It could be a simple misunderstanding on their part. It could be a lack of research and actual testing on their part. It could be that things have changed since they spoke of these things. But most of this information I'm going to share has been like this for several years. So first, misconception. Podcast transcripts help search engine optimization, or SEO. You hear this a lot. People talking about, oh, I need to get transcripts for my podcast episodes because that'll help with my SEO. Now, getting your podcast audio transcribed, that is, turned into written content, is not an instant solution to podcast SEO, at least in that raw state. For most popular podcast apps, those transcriptions will not affect your SEO at all because those transcriptions may not even appear in the podcast apps. For websites where it is that most people think about the value of podcast transcripts, a transcript for show notes is certainly better than a single sentence or paragraph for your show notes. Nonetheless, the fault of transcripts 
is the amount of words relative to the quality of the content. And I'm not saying that your spoken content is low quality. When you put that spoken content into written words, you get a lot of words with very little content. It may be perfectly consumable while you're speaking to go on those little rabbit trails or to have the back and forth in a conversation. But when that's written down, it can be very difficult to read and you end up with a lot of fluff, we could call it. Now, solo or interview style podcasts may result in somewhat helpful transcripts, especially for the solo podcasters who are very good at presentations, at speaking, then a transcript will probably read fairly easily and will have a lot of content relative to the number of words. But conversation podcasts would give horrible transcripts. And pretty much any time that you have more than one person, unless it is a very raw, boring style interview podcast where it's, I ask a question, you give a long answer, then I move on to the next question. Anything beyond solo and that boring style of interview podcast will make for a difficult to follow transcription. And where this hurts your SEO is, yes, you may have certain keywords in that transcription, but you have a lot of irrelevant keywords. You have a lot of text surrounding those relevant keywords and a lot of potentially low quality text. Google and other search engines are becoming increasingly human-like in their algorithms, and it makes perfect sense for them to do so because, after all, it's humans who want to use the search engines, and the search results should thus be relevant to humans, not to machines. So as Google is learning how to prioritize what humans would prioritize, Google and other search engines are prioritizing high-quality written content. So if you have a transcript... I would say in general, for most of us, a transcript is going to be low quality content. That's not to say transcripts are completely useless. You can use transcripts as a means to repurpose your content. Maybe you use that transcript, you edit it into a blog post or show notes for your episode, or you edit it into a book or a downloadable PDF or something like that. Transcripts can be a starting point for that, but podcast transcripts alone probably don't help your SEO all that much. That's why I would call it a misconception. On to the next one. This one's bad advice. Treat your author tag as a subtitle. The author tag, at least in iTunes and some other podcast apps, does appear along with the title of your podcast. But even though it's maybe right below the title of your podcast, this is not actually a subtitle for your podcast. This is not an opportunity for you to explain what your podcast is about. This is where you're supposed to put the creator or creators of the podcast, not further expound on the subject matter. Another piece of bad advice you may hear is to stuff your author tag with keywords. You won't hear people say it in that way, but they do tell you to put all kinds of keywords in your author tag. The author tag is where you're supposed to list the actual authors or creators or hosts of the podcast. This is not the place to stuff it with keywords, put in similar podcast names, the names of your guests, or the names of relevant famous people who might seem like they're connected in some way to your podcast or you talk about in your podcast but who aren't actually creating your podcast. Think of it this way. Who is creating your podcast? That is who should be in the author tag. No one else other than who is creating or regularly participating in your podcast. Here's an example of a bad author tag. I'm 
that I'm talking about. And this is pulled from an actual podcast in iTunes. Now, I did change this a little bit to protect the quite guilty person. But this is an example of the really horrendously bad kinds of author tags that are out there. And some people are giving bad advice to make your author tags like this. So here's this example. Daniel J. Lewis chats with entrepreneurs Michael Hyatt, John Lee Dumas, and Pat Flynn with motivation from Steve Jobs, Abraham Lincoln, and Alexander the Great. If Seth Godin had a podcast, this would probably be it. That's a very, very long author tag. And of all of those names I mentioned, who actually creates and hosts the podcast? Only one of those. Me, Daniel J. Lewis. And of all of those names, who is actually alive when podcasting exists and who is actually in this podcast even as a guest? Well, very few of them are in the podcast as a guest, but even if they're only guests, they should not be listed in the author tag because they don't author the overall podcast. They contributed to only a single episode or a couple episodes here and there. Even if your whole podcast is inspired by one of these people, like your podcast is inspired by the life of Steve Jobs or Abraham Lincoln or something like that, their name should not be in the author tags because they are not the authors and creators of your podcast. And please don't simply put your podcast name in there. Put a name in there. Always start with your name. There are some things that you can do that are ethical tips for how you can better optimize this, like giving yourself a subtitle. But don't go crazy with this stuff and stuff all kinds of keywords into their irrelevant keywords or other people's names or other people's trademarks or names of other podcasts that are similar to yours. This will not only look horrible in your podcast listing because it will be truncated and it messes up other certain layout things because this field was not supposed to be so long, but this can also get your show blacklisted by Apple and they will decide they are stuffing, they are spamming their author tag. They don't deserve to show up in search results. They don't deserve to ever be featured in new and noteworthy because we'll never consider their podcast noteworthy ever again. We'll never feature them in a what's hot list or any special featured collections or anything like that because this is an example of someone doing the wrong thing. We're not going to reward bad behavior. That's basically what Apple is doing now. So if you have an author tag stuffed full of keywords like this and other people's names, please clean it up and get ethical with it. Make it only the names of the people who actually regularly contribute to the podcast. For example, with my Once Upon a Time podcast, it's not only my name, but it's my name and the names of all of my co-hosts. They're not in every single episode, but they are regular contributors. For example, Hunter Hathaway contributes our spoilers to our Once Upon a Time podcast. She is one of our regular co-hosts, although she's not in every single episode, but probably every single week there is an episode that contains Hunter's feedback and her contribution in that episode. She is an active participant, a co-creator, a co-host of the podcast. We don't list the names of the actors or some of the people we've interviewed, some of the celebrities and such that have been on our podcast because they didn't create our podcast. Please don't follow this bad advice of stuffing your author tag with keywords. There are ways to use it ethically. I cover those in the SEO for Podcasters course. In general, think of giving yourself a tagline, and that's something you could do. That's simple, clean, and can be effective. Here's another myth. ID3 tags affect your search engine optimization. 
ID3 tags are metadata you attach to your MP3 files. These are helpful for compatibility with various podcast apps and players, but they don't affect SEO because they aren't searched until after they're downloaded. Even after being downloaded to your subscriptions, some apps may still not search the information that's inside of those ID3 tags. So if you're thinking of putting all kinds of information in your ID3 tags to make your podcast more findable to a new audience, that's not going to help you. I think this confusion comes from certain terminology we use across different platforms, like tags, meta tags, metadata, meta information, stuff like that. These are so often used in reference to RSS feeds and web page stuff, which do affect some search engine optimization. But these tags in your ID3 tags don't affect SEO. Here's another myth. Your podcast description is not searchable. While it's true that some podcast apps don't search the description, other podcasts do. And I'll share with you which podcasts search which fields a little bit later on in this episode. The main purpose of your show description should be to tell someone why they should subscribe to the podcast and what to expect. That can be done with some SEO keywords, but it shouldn't be the priority to stuff the keywords into your description. For example, if your description includes something like, we talk about awesomeness, things that are awesomeness, and give tips for being awesome in your daily life, with that as part of your description, you are both including keywords and telling more about your podcast. What wouldn't be good is to include those keywords that are not regular recurring themes to your podcast. Maybe you had one and only one episode ever that talks about Evernote. So it wouldn't be appropriate for you to put in your description, I talk about tools like Evernote. Well, if you only talked about it once, then you don't really talk about it. You talked about it once. And that's in your episode titles, which do affect your SEO in several podcast apps. I'll get into more what podcast apps those are in a little bit. So it's okay to include some keywords in your description, but don't look at this as an opportunity to stuff it full of these different keywords and list off every potential thing people could search for. The main purpose is to convince people why they should subscribe to your podcast and what they can expect from it. And that is searchable in some places not searchable in others. Here's another myth, and this one is extremely popular. I would put this one up there with the whole, you must be a new and noteworthy or else your podcast will fail kind of myth. That is, podcast ratings and reviews affect iTunes ranking. There are plenty of good reasons and uses for podcast ratings and reviews, and I've done an episode about that in the past, number 263, and I have a link to that in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash seo. But of all of the good things that ratings and reviews can do for you and for your podcast, ranking is not one of them. Many podcasting experts, including Rob Walsh, Paul Culligan, and myself, have tested, researched, and proven multiple times that subscriptions are the most important metric to podcast ranking. The charts you see in iTunes, and those are true charts, like top podcasts or top episodes, not new and noteworthy, which is not a ranking system whatsoever. Top left has absolutely no higher ranking value than bottom right. There aren't numbers there. It's not a ranking system. So please don't say, oh, I will launch to number one in new and noteworthy, because that's not a bragging right at all. 
being number one and quotation marks around that really doesn't exist there. And it doesn't mean that you beat out anyone who is below that in the listing. It simply means that's where Apple put you at that time. But the actual charts weigh more heavily on new subscriptions, especially within the last few days, and then fall back to total lifetime subscriptions. These kinds of rankings usually show up in those usual charts you see, like the top podcast charts, as well as some of the search results when you enter something into the podcast app and it displays then a result of a certain number of podcasts. This same kind of ranking goes into that to some extent. Now, doesn't it actually make sense for subscriptions to matter more than reviews? Think about it this way. What if you wanted to measure a book's popularity? Wouldn't you expect its popularity to be based on the number of copies sold instead of the number of reviews about the book? Yeah, I think that makes total sense for the subscriptions to have more weight than reviews. And many people have been able to get their podcast to actual number one in true rankings in iTunes, at least for a short amount of time, with nothing but subscriptions, no ratings or reviews, only subscriptions. So if you're wanting to increase your ranking in search engine results, getting more reviews is not how you do that. Here's another misconception. Cover art doesn't matter for search. The point of search engine optimization or SEO is to make your podcast show up in relevant searches and to attract the right audience of humans. Humans look at things other than text. They look at images, they look at relevance, certain things that machines may not consider. So the words in your podcast cover art will not actually make your podcast more findable, at least at this moment. But where your cover art can help is in communicating the quality and subject of your podcast. Imagine you want a podcast about baking cakes. So you enter some keywords into iTunes, and the number one result has cover art that shows a couple machine guns and cats. How relevant would that podcast seem to baking cakes? I know there may be the curiosity factor of what? Cats and machine guns? Why is this the number one result? And then you may click on it, but you may not subscribe because you realize, this is, this is not what I'm looking for. But if there's podcast cover art that shows cakes, then you know, oh, yeah, okay, I searched for something about cakes. This cover art has cakes in the cover art. It's an obvious connection to you. It's very relevant. So your cover art is an opportunity to not only catch someone's eye by how attractive your cover art is or how much it stands out among the other similar podcasts in your industry or in certain search results or anything like that. The cover art is also an opportunity to help attract the right audience to your podcast. Maybe your podcast is the Machine Guns and Cats podcast, so you want the people who are interested in Machine Guns and Cats to subscribe to your podcast then it makes total sense for that to be in your cover art. Here's the last myth I'll cover before getting into what each of the apps do search. Every word in certain fields is searchable. Podcast apps search differently and place different emphasis on different types of words. A while back, I ran into a problem where I have my clean comedy podcast, The Ramen Noodle, and a search for clean comedy in iTunes would ignore the word clean and thus search for only the word comedy. So the results were the top comedy podcasts, 
which were all explicit. Yikes, right? And that's because iTunes was not searching for the word clean, even though the word clean was in my title, in my description, in many different places, and in some of the episode titles, it wasn't searching for that particular word. Now, that was at that time. It's since been adjusted. Many search engines have a list of words or types of words they ignore, and these are commonly called stop words. These are usually short and seemingly unimportant words like a or the or two and stuff like that. Articles, prepositions, short words, maybe meaningless words. Thus, some podcast apps may return results for Audacity Podcast when you search for the Audacity to Podcast, even though the the and two in my title are extremely important. They really help clarify. And I very intentionally chose to use those words because it better clarifies what the podcast is about and the intent of the podcast. And my upcoming cover art redesign will better communicate that as well. It's the audacity to podcast. It's not audacity podcast. It's it's not audacity to podcast. It's not the audacity podcast. It's the audacity to podcast. Those stop words are important to my title, but some podcast apps may ignore those stop words and thus return more results than you would expect. Besides these stop words, some apps may also search with different styles of queries. So here are some examples of different results you might get if you just type in Audacity Podcast as your query. Depending on how the apps are conducting that search, you might get any of these kinds of different results. So an or search would return results that match the word Audacity or the word podcast, maybe matching both but it could match one and not the other. An and search will return any results that include both the words audacity and the word podcast. Exact searches will return results that include the exact phrase audacity podcast. So if you searched a particular app that used an exact search kind of algorithm and you typed in audacity podcast, it might then exclude audacity to podcast because it's different it's not exactly the same there's that word to in there and it's not the exact same phrase there are also similar algorithms and similar searches will use some kind of intelligence to return results with similar words or similar forms of words such as the word podcasts with an s at the end when you searched for the word podcast with no S. So it may return plural forms of singular words, or it may return alternative forms of the same word, like maybe podcasting and podcaster and podcasters when you searched for the word podcast. Podcast apps, I don't think are yet that intelligent, at least as far as the alternative forms of words, but they may do some of this different searching with singular and plural cases of certain words. So it's simply not true that every word in certain fields is searchable. Some words may not be searchable, and some searches may bring up more results than you would expect because they're showing you alternative forms of certain words. So these myths, misconceptions, and bad advice are misconception, podcast transcripts help SEO, bad advice, treat your author tag as a subtitle, bad advice, stuff your author tag with keywords, myth ID3 tags affect your SEO. Myth, your podcast description is not searchable. Myth, podcast ratings and reviews affect iTunes ranking. 
misconception, cover art doesn't matter for search, and myth, every word in certain fields is searchable. Now, if you want to review this information, go to the show notes for this episode, number 291, at theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast SEO. That's also where you can go to purchase the complete SEO for podcasters course or join Podcaster Society where you get that complete course and the upcoming update completely free included with your membership. So now what does matter with all of these things that don't matter? What does matter to different apps? There's a lot of information I'm about to share with you. So if you want the quick cheat sheet of all of the information that each of the different popular podcast apps use for search, then click on the button in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash podcast SEO, and you'll get immediate access to that cheat sheet so you can see exactly what fields are searched in these different apps. Let's start with iTunes because Apple's iTunes and podcast apps are the top places for podcast searches and consumption. Thus, it's important to ensure your podcast is in Apple's apps and is appropriately findable. Most people, again, even many podcasting experts, think there are only three fields iTunes searches, but there are actually four fields iTunes searches. Number one, your show title. This is the overall title of your podcast. It's in the channel level title tag of your RSS feed. So what is your podcast called? That is searchable to iTunes. Number two, show author. This is the overall author or creator tag of your podcast. It's the channel level iTunes author tag of your RSS feed. Remember, this is who is creating or a regular contributor to your podcast. Number three, episode titles. This is the title for each individual episode in the item level title tag of your RSS feed. Your individual episodes do contribute to your overall findability in iTunes. Number four, and this is the secret one most podcasters don't know, it's the author, creator, guest tag for each individual episode, your episode authors. It's in the item level iTunes author tag of your RSS feed, that is actually searchable. And there are many ways that you can use that for your individual episodes that makes total sense without being spammy, but then helps your overall searchability and findability inside of iTunes. And I show you how to leverage each of these tags and some best practices for each of them inside of the SEO for Podcasters course, which you can buy as a standalone course or join Podcaster Society and you get complete access to that course. Now, what matters to Google Play Music for podcast SEO? Google finally got back into supporting podcasts when they started including podcasts in Google Play Music back in early 2016. I do believe this will eventually become a major destination for podcast consumption, or as I like to start calling it, podsumption. So I think it's important to ensure your podcast is findable inside of Google Play Music, even if you're not getting much consumption there yet. Remember, this is Google's official podcast directory, so make sure you're in it and that you are optimizing your podcast for it. In general, Google Play Music will first use any Google Play tags in your RSS feed. These are like the iTunes tags, but Google Play has their own set. Most of them are the same and have the same options and same limitations as the iTunes tags, Some of them are a little bit different. 
Now, if you don't have those Google Play tags in your RSS feed, that's okay because Google Play will fall back to the iTunes tags for any of those locations in your RSS feed where the Google Play tag doesn't exist. It uses the iTunes tag. So what does matter to Google Play Music? Three things. Number one, your show title. This is, again, the overall title of your podcast. It's in the channel level title tag of your RSS feed. Number two, show author. This is, again, the overall author or creator of your podcast. It's in the channel level Google Play author tag or iTunes author tag of your RSS feed. Again, it prioritizes the Google Play tag first. And if that tag doesn't exist, then it falls back to use the iTunes tag. And you can use the exact same RSS feed for iTunes that you use for Google Play Music. I know there are some reasons to use something different, and I'll discuss that in a future episode of the podcast. The number three thing that Google Play Music searches is your show description. This is the overall description of your podcast. In the channel level Google Play description or iTunes summary, or if neither of those exist, the channel level description tag, and it is in that order, Google Play, iTunes, description. Yes, your description is searched inside of Google Play Music. I find it interesting that at least at this moment, nothing at the individual episode level is searchable inside of Google Play Music. It's all show level information, title, author, description. So keep that in mind when you're writing your description and entering in your author tag, your overall show title and such. This is one of the reasons why you may want to consider having either a separate RSS feed specifically for Google Play or you use those Google Play tags in your feed, which PowerPress will let you do. Lipson takes the approach to give you multiple feeds that you submit to multiple destinations, whereas PowerPress gives you a single feed that will work with multiple destinations. And in PowerPress, you can optimize specifically your Google Play Music tags separately from your iTunes tags. So if there is a description that you want to go out to Google Play Music and not go out to iTunes, you can certainly include that. A good example of this is what if you have an Android podcast? Like your podcast is all about the Android operating system. You may want to describe that differently for people who are using the Apple ecosystem of iTunes and the podcast app. And then describe that differently for people who are using the Android ecosystem like Google Play Music and maybe some of the other podcast apps available on Android. Or you could look at that vice versa. If you have an iOS podcast, you may want to describe it differently for iOS users than for Google Play users. It's really up to you, but I think there's nothing wrong with using the same information for both platforms as long as that text you're using is good text that communicates the stuff that it's supposed to communicate. So for Google Play Music, what matters most for SEO are your show title, your show author, and your show description. Again, go to the audacitytopodcast.com slash podcast SEO if you want all of this information nicely condensed onto a single cheat sheet. iTunes and Google Play Music are not the only popular podcast apps. So I did research more of the other highly popular podcast apps to see what matters most in their searches. And some of these results are quite surprising to me. And I don't think anyone else has shared this information and it will be in an upcoming update for SEO for podcasters, as well as a lot of other stuff that needs to be updated. And that will be available first to members of Podcasters Society. So think about Stitcher, Overcast, Pocketcast, Downcast, Castro, and Podcast Addict. These are some of the most popular 
third-party podcast apps that aren't pre-installed on devices. Some of them are iOS only, some are Android only, some are cross-platform, but these are consistently the top podcast apps in stats as Libsyn sees it and also Blueberry sees many of these apps as the top downloading apps as well. So Stitcher searches the show title, the show author, the show description. And now for Stitcher, the show description comes from your iTunes subtitle or from the description field. What's different about that? Well, it's a much shorter description. Your iTunes summary tag or Google Play Music summary tag can contain a lot of text. It can be a paragraph or paragraphs if you want. But the subtitle and description tags of your RSS feed can only be something short, like a couple sentences. Keep that in mind. Stitcher also searches your episode titles and your episode descriptions. It's the only podcast app in my testing that also searches your individual episode descriptions. Overcast, my favorite podcast app for iOS. It is an iOS-only podcast app. Now, Stitcher, by the way, is on multiple platforms. Overcast is only on iOS. And you can also use Overcast on the web if you'd like. Overcast searches the show title, the show author, and the show description. But interestingly, again, it pulls the show description from the iTunes subtitle or description field not from the iTunes summary field. So it's that short description that it's searching, not the really long summary of your podcast. Pocket Casts, Downcast, and Castro all search only the show title and the show author. And in general, assume that's all that most of the other podcast apps search, your show title and your show author, which make a lot of sense. I would like to see more apps search descriptions and episode information But you would be pretty safe assuming that all of the other third-party apps search only the show title and the show author. And lastly, Podcast Addict is an interesting one here because they offer you two different ways of searching. You can either search through their own search engine or when you run a search for a podcast in Podcast Addict, you have the option of using the iTunes search engine. So if you checkmark that, then everything that applies to iTunes search also applies inside of Podcast Addict search. But if you don't checkmark that and it's not checked by default, then Podcast Addict will search the show title, the show author, the show description, and that does come from the summary field, not only that short subtitle and description field. And it also searches the episode titles and episode authors. So you can see that of these other apps, Stitcher and Podcast Addict seem to be the most thorough in what they search. And then other apps pick and choose what fields they're going to search. This is how it stands as of the time of this recording. This may change and probably will change in the future. I know that's a lot of information. So if you want to easily review this, go to the show notes and click on the button to get the podcast SEO cheat sheet at the audacity to podcast.com slash podcast SEO. All of these fields for these podcast apps come from your RSS feed. So if you want to optimize your podcast as it appears in podcast apps, and this is nothing about website SEO, it's all about podcast app only search engine optimization. If you want to change any of that information, optimize it, include keywords, write better titles, include better text, anything like that, It all comes back to your RSS feed. So go to whatever is entering that information in the first place or enhancing that information. Sometimes that might be PowerPress. 
That might be your individual blog posts. That might be your Libsyn RSS feed. That could be FeedBurner, maybe, but I really don't suggest using the SmartCast feature inside of FeedBurner. It causes a lot of problems. In fact, most of the problems people have with FeedBurner are caused because of that SmartCast feature, not because of FeedBurner by itself, but because of that SmartCast feature, which is extremely outdated and really don't use the SmartCast feature. Even if you want to protect your RSS feed and you want to use it if on your Libsyn feed or your PowerPress feed or something else, please don't use the SmartCast feature unless you absolutely have to. Like you're taking an RSS feed that is not a podcast RSS feed and you need to turn it into a podcast RSS feed. FeedBurner is still good for that. But if you already have a podcast RSS feed and you, for some reason, you still want to run it through FeedBurner, then please do not use SmartCast because it will mess things up. And I've demonstrated that a couple years ago, discovered a way that SmartCast was really messing up and confusing episode descriptions and show descriptions and stuff. It's not pretty and it does other nasty things. So if you're going to use FeedBurner, turn off all of the features inside of it or just don't use it at all. But whatever of these podcast app SEO things that you want to change, they need to be changed inside your RSS feed. So find out where that feed is being created, go in, change these fields. And I show you how to do this and a whole lot more, like the philosophy behind search engine optimization, website SEO, what should go into certain fields, what are ideal practices, what are some other ways that you can leverage other platforms for enhancing your podcast SEO. I go into all of that in much more detail inside of the complete SEO for podcasters course, which you can save $100 off of if you purchase before the end of 2016. I don't want to rush you on this with Black Friday sales and Christmas sales and stuff like that, but you have until the end of 2016, use the promo code PODCASTSEO to save $100 on the complete SEO for podcasters course. And when I update that, you will get the free update and additional lessons and such. Or join Podcaster Society at any time And you get access to SEO for podcasters. Whether you're a monthly member or an annual member, you'll get full access to the SEO for podcasters course with your membership and any future updates that come to that course will go first to members of Podcaster Society and then to the other customers who have purchased the SEO for podcasters course in the past. I've got that link to Podcaster Society, to the course and the promo code in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast SEO. Now with this knowledge, this is giving you great power. And as is often attributed to Uncle Ben, although he's not actually the one who originally said it, but as is often attributed to Uncle Ben, certainly attributed to the Spider-Man series, with great power comes great responsibility. So with this information, I've shared with you some of the secrets of podcast SEO, stuff that I haven't posted anywhere else other than inside of the SEO for Podcasters course and at a couple conferences where I've presented this information. Now you know this information. Now you know this powerful stuff, this stuff that many podcasting experts don't know, many other podcasters don't know. Please be responsible with this. Be ethical in how you use this information. Use this as an opportunity to better connect with your relevant audience, not as a way to try to conquer your competition, or beat others, or attract the audience for other podcasters over to your podcast. Focus on making your podcast great, not on crushing your competition. Get the links 
references, and other stuff that I mentioned in the show notes for this episode, number 291 at com slash podcast SEO. Before I go, I want to thank Mike Hayes, also known as HayesMan22, who left this kind review for me in iTunes. Now, Mike hosts the podcast College Debt to Career Cash. And in the iTunes USA store, he said, extremely helpful for a brand new podcaster as myself. Like many of us, I am trying to fine-tune my audience and message. So to think in terms of reference or habit is thought-provoking. To grow an audience, I think a good show will do both. Thanks for making me think about the goal of my show. Also, I enjoyed your mentioning the Bible and the spiritual stuff. My podcast is College Debt to Career Cash. I only have four episodes out, and I have major improvements planned So go easy on me. Well, Mike, thank you very much for that kind review. And Mike's podcast is at collegedebttocareercash.com. And here's a little example of Mike's podcast. Only four episodes in, and already in those first four episodes, he's shown some great improvement. Hello, my name is Mike Hayes, and welcome to our podcast show entitled College Debt to Career Cash. And the whole reason this came about was after I helped my three kids find great career jobs and pay off their college debt, I realized that each one of us has a story, but sometimes we need help telling it. So this show is going to inspire us, encourage us, and motivate us to craft our story learn how to tell it or sell ourselves when it matters the most for our careers. So if that interests you, check out Mike's podcast over at collegedebttocareercash.com. And I have a link to his podcast in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash podcast SEO. If you write a review for The Audacity to Podcast, please make sure you include the name of your podcast in that review or the URL of your podcast so that I can look it up link to it, and include an excerpt when possible inside of the Audacity to Podcast. And it's my way of giving back to you because I know you may not always have a question I can answer in the Audacity to Podcast, or you may not be able to comment on the show notes, but it's an opportunity to give back, to feature some of these great podcasters who are honing their craft, growing, and improving. And by the way, if you want to grow and improve your podcast from average to amazing, Join Podcaster Society, now open to new members over at podcasterssociety.com. It has courses, it has tutorials, it has a community. This is all about helping you, giving you the encouragement, training, accountability, and more to make your podcast a success, whether it's a hobby or a business. That's at podcasterssociety.com. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.